What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Coworking Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Alex Hillman. And one of the questions that I get so often is from folks who are considering leaving their jobs or preparing to leave their jobs, or in some cases, desperately trying to leave their jobs to start a co-working space. And I kind of get why. And a lot of these folks are working in job situations where they feel like their creativity is stifled, where they can't move things forward, where they're not able to express themselves the way they want to. And they see at the other end of the spectrum, a co-working space, a place that would allow them to do that. And if no one else is going to create it for them, they may as well create it for themselves. And look, big ups. I totally understand that point of view and I would do the same thing. However, However, I think there's something very, very interesting and a potential challenge, a big blind spot for these folks who are thinking about leaving a job, an employment where maybe you've never consulted or freelanced before to create an environment for consultants, freelancers, and entrepreneurs. And so in today's question, I'm going to talk a little bit about the transition that I made from writing code, my professional career into building and running a co-working space. And there's a couple of sort of hidden steps that I took that I think were huge advantages that you might not consider taking, but maybe you should. So let's get into what that progress looked like. Jonathan asks, why did you stop writing code and switch to something totally different and more social? Well, I certainly didn't wake up one day and said, you know, I don't want to write code anymore. I want to run a co-working space. That didn't happen. What happened was that I was lonely doing the work that I was doing. I was a web developer before I started Indie Hall, and I had left my job and I was freelancing. And you might have heard this story before, but if you haven't, I'll give you the quick synopsis. That I had quit my job and realized that although I loved having freedom and flexibility and choice of being a freelancer and doing my own thing and choosing who I worked with and what I worked on, I really missed having coworkers. And so I started looking for those people. And while I found some of them online through online chat rooms and things like that, I found it really too difficult to find those kinds of people in my own backyard here in Philadelphia. And so I asked myself the question, do they simply not exist or do I not know where they are? And I started the process of trying to find those people, which eventually became the community that would eventually help build Indie Hall. So somewhere along the line, I was splitting my time between continuing to freelance and doing this community building effort. And then when Indie Hall shifted gears into being a business that could support the physical infrastructure as well as the social infrastructure of this community of people continuing to come together, I was juggling those two things even more. And there's something important in that transition that I don't often talk about. And one of the big benefits to being a freelancer in between having a job and starting a co-working space, uh, I think is twofold. One was I had a true sense of what the reasons that somebody would want to join a co-working space were because I was one of those people. And even if you only consult on the side while you have a full-time job, you'll have a better sense of what the kinds of things people will be doing and need to be doing, what their priorities are, how they go about their day. The sense of empathy that you can have for somebody when you've actually been in their shoes is much greater. So even if you have a job and you're thinking that starting a co-working space is your exit from that job, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm saying that it would be tremendous for you to do a little bit of consulting on the side and make sure that that's an ecosystem that you can actually play in. Now, this 
two benefits to that. One of them is the empathy that I was talking about. The other is, is you have the ability to be in control of your income while you're building the co-working space. If the co-working space is not breaking even out of the gate, your money needs to be coming from somewhere. So that was the other thing was while I was starting to build a community for Indie Hall, that started taking more and more time. And if I had a job, I couldn't go to my boss and say, hey, I need to make more money so that I can spend more time working on this community building thing on the side that I'm doing. That would never fly. I also couldn't go to my boss and say, hey, I need a couple of days off. I need to be doing this co-working thing. You know, like th those things aren't possible. But when you are your own boss, when you're a freelancer, I could say to myself, the boss, and say, I need to be able to free up some more of my time to work on this thing that is creating more value for my business, right? I'm meeting other freelancers, potential people to collaborate, potential people that'll bring me work that will pay my bills. So there's both medium, well, short, medium, and long-term value in this, but I need the ability to invest time. So when I'm freelancing, I had the control over how much I charged, how I build, and the ability to increase my rate or just streamline the way that I was billing meant that I could make the same amount of money spending less hours per week, freeing up those hours to do the community building work that I needed to in order to get Indie Hall off the ground. All of that flexibility, all of that freedom made it possible for me to get Indie Hall off the ground, and that was absolutely key. So being a freelancer gave me a number of advantages. But it also led me to this crossroads where at a certain point, Indie Hall was off the ground. Indie Hall was making money. Indie Hall was growing and thriving. And I was learning a lot every single day about what I needed to do in order to keep Indie Hall growing and thriving, what it would take to keep bringing people together and keep this ecosystem evolving. And all the time I was spending on that was time I was not spending learning new web development skills. I started getting behind. And if you're working in technology, you don't have time to get behind, especially if you're freelancing. Being up on what is current is super, super important. And so I caught myself in this crossroads where I was behind on the modern skills, even if only by six to nine months of what I needed in order to be good at my web development job. And I was learning more about the community building and culture building side of things than I had ever imagined. And I decided I had to make a decision. Do I sort of go back and fill in that hole of missing knowledge and keep doing web development? Or do I decide that I want to double down on this culture building thing? I think I'm actually getting pretty good at this and I'm starting to understand the value. Spending a little bit of time straddling those two worlds where I could make money in both and have those two things be combined to fill, uh, you know, fill up the pot to pay my bills gave me the ability to make a decision based on what I actually wanted to do instead of being painted into a corner. And I think that's the key. And maybe the most actionable piece of advice I can give for the folks that are thinking about a career transition, whether it's into a co-working space or something else entirely, is look for ways to make it not an all-or-nothing switch. There was never an all-or-nothing switch from freelancing as a web developer to going all-in on culture, community building, and indie hall. It was gradual. It was stair-stepped. It was experiments. It was for every three web development projects I would take, I would take on a consulting project where I would work with a local company on how to help their technology team work together better. So I would take the advantages that I had and look for new ways to apply them. And once I started getting traction, then it was less and less common that I would have to sell a web development contract and more and more common that I could sell based on my previous successes in the other things to keep doing more of the co-working culture building and things like that. So it wasn't so much a decision up front. I want to go from here to there. It was more of an experiment. And I think this is what co-working spaces are beautiful for, for the people who work in them. And one of the things I feel so fortunate to have been 
able to get the value out of Indie Hall that the people who come here are able to get out of it, which is this is a place to try. This is a place to do things that maybe you wouldn't do otherwise, but between the encouragement of your peers, seeing other people succeed and try, seeing other people you know, attempt and fail, but also knowing that there's a safety net of people around you that will help you pick yourself up and try again makes it more likely that it, you're going to be able to make that transition. But make the transition in tiny steps, right? This is Brick Stacking 101, which I talk about in my other show, Stacking the Bricks, about the approach to entrepreneurship that, that I always encourage is it's not an all-or-nothing game. It's not zero sum. It's finding little things that take you one tiny step closer to a goal or even one tiny step closer to discovering the goal that you want to be working towards. Because in reality, nobody knows where they want to go. Everyone's figuring it out. And anyone who tells you exactly where they want to be going is probably making it up anyway. So use the environment. Think about the co-working environment. And this is, this is ultimately what Indie Halls, among the things Indie Hall has given me, probably one of the truest proofs that this is the best environment to try things that maybe you wouldn't try otherwise. And the best way to get value is to look at the people around you, look at the potential ways forward and go, what do I have to lose for trying to head in that direction? And could I do it in a way that wouldn't potentially knock me offline, wouldn't put my stability, my comfort at risk or more risk than I'm comfortable at? And even risk-taking, you know, people look at what I do every day and they assume, oh, you take such big risks. And the reality is, is by the time I'm taking risks, I've usually done some analysis to figure out what the worst case scenario is, whether that's through little experiments like I'm talking about here or just my own observation and research. By the time I'm doing something, by the time I'm taking a risk, it's calculated. And I know that the worst case scenario is not that bad and that the worst case scenario would not kill me or set me back tremendously. That sort of answers how I switched from coding to doing what I do today, but hopefully does it in a way that gives you some insight into how you could be making career shifts, uh, whether that's from the job you were doing before into running your co-working space. If you are an employee of a co-working space, maybe having a better sense of how the people around you look at their work. All of those things are super, super valuable insights that a traditional workplace generally doesn't give you, and I hope I'm able to share with you. So good luck, and if any of that was helpful for you, I would love to hear how you put it in action. So shoot me an email, alex at indiehall.com or tweet at me. I'd love to know what you think.